Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Mystery Theater presents... Marshall. Few writers have captured the taste, smell, and sensations of their times as has Charles Dickens, acknowledged today as the genius who created David Copperfield, Oliver Twist, Tiny Tim, Scrooge. The list is almost endless. Dickens was, in fact, an avid reporter. He had eyes and ears for what was happening. So it is not surprising he would try his hand at becoming a detective. Which he did. Let go of me. Let, let go, I say. I've got him, Rosie. He can't move. <laughs> Do your job. Wait a minute. What, what is that? What, what's that you're putting over my face? Cheated by one of the sharpest clickstars in London today. 
Tally ho, Thompson. Ah, yes, Thompson. His reputation precedes him. I know the name. So, he has branched out from stealing horses, has he? Uh, there's nothing that man wouldn't steal. And if he can't take it from you, he'll gain your confidence, so you'll give it to him. Yes, one could call him a confidence man. There's you're the writer, Dickens. You could make up whatever words you wish. Tally ho, promised Beetle a good situation took the man's money under some pretext and disappeared. Yes, an old dodge. And to get away, he stole a horse in Hertfordshire. So if we get him, it'll be on two counts. No if about it. But Hertfordshire, that's some little distance from London, isn't it? Well, the yard doesn't care how far it has to send its men to apprehend criminals. Yes, but that would mean traveling by train, wouldn't it? Well, frequently. Don't you travel by train, Mr. Dickens? Uh, not if I can avoid it. I get violently ill on a train. Now, um, in the case of Tally-Ho Thompson, what's your first move? Well, where would you look, sir? You have all of England to search. Uh, is the man married? <laughs> Good thinking, yes, he is. His wife lives right here in London, in Chelsea. Is she employed? That's another good question. Yes, you do well. No, she is not. Tally-ho sees to it his wife is well taken care of. Well, if this man, this Tally-ho, is in hiding, he may very well be sending his wife some money to live on. Yes, it's probably his pattern of living. Rob, hideout, sends his wife a lolly. It's <laughs> not bad. I'd agree to that. Uh, so, what would you say, Dickens, is our first move? Well, to watch the house where Mrs. Townsend lives. <laughs> And that, gentle reader, or rather, I should say, my dear listener, is how I, Charles Dickens, first embarked upon a career of detection. And, with Inspector Field as my guide and mentor, I knew whatever I learned would be of great value to me as a writer, and exciting to me as an amateur sleuth. Field and I took watch in Chelsea, outside the Thompson house, for any sign or clue that could lead us to Tally-ho himself. I don't think we'll have any better results today than yesterday, Inspector. Well, if Tally-ho Thompson has a safe place to hide, if from that safe place he writes to his wife, and having written to his wife, if he posted the letter. There's a lot of ifs. Dickens. Uh, the ABCs of surveillance are A, alertness, B, biding time, and C, caution. Sooner or later, Thompson is bound to get in touch with his wife. Ah, look, here comes the postman again. <laughs> I hope today he doesn't pass by, Mrs. Thompson. Well, if he delivers a letter to her, would you like to try your hand at uh, getting some information from him? Oh, good, he's stopping at her house. Yes, I understand you are uh, somewhat of an actor also, Dickie. He's ringing the doorbell. He pretend to be a neighbor or a friend of Thompson's, so the postman will tell you where the letter was postmarked. Well, I do read my own works to an audience, but I, I've never acted a part practically on top of them. Ah, oh, there, that must be Mrs. Thompson. Yes, he's handed her the letter. Yes. Go to it, Dickens. Yes, but, but, but what do I say? Are you Charles Dickens, novelist, actor, asking me what to say? <laughs> Pretend that you... Uh, yes, 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 well, don't, don't tell me, Inspector, don't tell me. I think I have an idea. Ah, um, good morning, sir, and, um, how are you? Uh, fine. How are you? Yes, uh, lovely morning. <laughs> 
Um, I, I, I see you have just delivered a letter uh, for Mrs. Tonson. Yes, I have. Uh, you didn't happen to notice what the postmark was by any chance? No, no, I didn't. Ah, yes. Um, uh, I'll be plain with you, sir. I'm, um, I'm in a small way of business, and I've given Thompson credit, and I, I really can't afford to lose what he owes me. I, I know he's got money, and I know he's in the country. Um, if you could tell me what the postmark was on his letter, I should be very much obliged to you. Oh, don't see how I could help you. Yes, but think. Think. Now, now, remember, you held the letter... In your hand, huh? Yeah. Uh, you, you must have looked at it. Oh, I'd like to help you, but I didn't observe the postmark. Uh, uh, I, I can tell you there was money in the envelope. Uh, I should say uh, a sovereign. Hmm. You know what I would do if I were you, sir? But no. I'd go and talk to someone at Scotland Yard. They say they always get their man. They should be able to find this, sir. Uh, Thompson for you. Uh, five o'clock, Inspector. I'm beginning to realize how much standing about there is to spying. <laughs> the ABCs of surveillance. Yes, but does it happen often that one has to wait three days for a suspect's relative to receive a letter from her husband and then several hours more for her to answer it? If she does. Uh, she'll answer it in time, I'm certain. And we'll have to follow her letter to him. It is the only way we have of tracking him down here. Will she answer him today? Well, it depends. Has he given her instructions? What are the reasons she must write back to him? So we could be here all day. And all night. She may take the letter to a friend's house, in which case one of us would follow and the other would remain here. On duty all night. You could catch a cold before you catch a thief. Oh, yes, yes, there's a lot of outdoor work to be a detective. Oh, look, it's that Mrs. Thompson leaving her house. I guess I'll head for the post office in case she's about to post a letter. Now, you follow her to Kills in case she plans a detour. But I've, I've never followed anyone before, Inspector. How, how far back do I keep? Far enough so your quarry cannot notice you, but not so far that you could lose them. Inspector Field. If you think you have just given me a helpful answer, let me reassure you, you have not. Oh, oh, I Look here now, watch where you're going. Yes, I, I, I beg your pardon, I, I uh, didn't mean to step on you. I don't know what's your hurry, I must say. Well, I wanted to be sure to get into this stationer's shop before it's closed. My advice to you is, in the future, don't step all over people. Wait a moment. See yes. Don't I know you? Uh, no, madam, I don't believe I've had the pleasure. I, I know I've seen you somewhere. What, what can I do for you, madam? One sheet of writing paper, one envelope and a threepenny stamp. Uh, yes, sir. <clears throat> uh, will that be all? I wonder if it isn't too much to ask if I may sit myself down at this table. I have a quick note to write, and I don't want to miss the post. Uh, of course you may. Uh, There'll be sixpence for the paper and the envelope. And I shan't charge you for the use of the pen and the ink. Um, there's ceiling wax and matches on the table. You, uh, wouldn't have change for a sovereign, would you? Uh, yeah. <coughs> Here you are. Much obliged, I'm sure. And, uh, 
What can I do for you, sir? Oh, um, a package of three crowns tobacco, please. Uh, snuff or uh, smoking? A snuff. Right, oh, no, there'll be one in six. Uh, do you mind if I um, open the package and uh, have a whiff? Do it yourself. I'll uh, just go over to the window here to uh, pry it open. Um, sometimes the tobacco is quite stale. What are you doing peeking over my shoulder? Oh, this is private correspondence. Terribly sorry. I was intent on this tin of tobacco. You were not. I've been watching you all along. A real snooper he is. The nerve of some people. Chelsea has certainly changed. And not for the better either. getting a bit concerned about your dickens. Oh, I don't think I did very well. Mrs. Thompson wrote her letter at the stationer's. I watched her go to the corner of her street and post it seconds before the postman made his last collection. Yeah, good. That means it'll be here shortly. Yes, I don't suppose you got uh, close enough to the envelope to see any particularly identifying man. I was almost slapped in the face for being nosy, but I, I did see something helpful. She, um, she put a kiss on the back of the envelope. That will be of enormous help, as I've secured the cooperation of the postmaster so that when the carrier arrives, we're permitted to examine all the letters he's collected before they are dispatched. Ah, that's the postman. Now, Field, you'd better handle this alone. When I talked to that postman before, I pretended to be a tradesman trying to locate Townsend. I'll wait for you outside. <laughs> I don't know, dear listener, whether I am conveying to you the excitement I felt at that moment. Stalking one's quarry, using subterfuges so as not to alarm the suspect's wife or a postman. In a way, I was play-acting, as I do, reading my own words. In another way, I was helping to create characters and a situation, which is very much what an author does every time he sets pen to paper. Charles Dickens worked alongside that handful of constables who were the first detectives of Scotland Yard. Their job was to cover all of England, to deter and apprehend hundreds of criminals, the beginning of what today is a network of expert criminologists. Fortunately, those early days were well documented by one of the most popular novelists of all time, Mr. Dickens himself. I shall return shortly with Act Two. In the 1800s, Scotland Yard was in its infancy. Novelist Charles Dickens joined this small force of sleuth to assist in the apprehension of one very clever thief called Tally Hole Thompson. In a London post office, Dickens' partner, Inspector Field, is trying to identify a letter sent to the suspect by his wife. He speaks to the local mail carrier. Uh, you, sir, are the postman of the Chelsea area? Yes, I am. Well, uh, I'm afraid the public is not permitted back here, sir. I, sir, am an officer in the detective force. Field is the name. Oh, how do you do, sir? Uh, mine's Brackett. Uh, Brackett, uh, this is Inspector Field of Scotland Yard. He'd like to inspect the incoming mail. I told him he would extend every courtesy. Uh, give him a hand, would you? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Oh, oh, I'll have to bag on to the sorting table. Uh, do you uh, 
Now, which letter are you looking for, Inspector? Yes, on the back is a seal with a wax kiss beside it. Here, help me turn all these letters face down, will you? Oh, uh, you gentlemen of Scotland, you're quite thorough, aren't you, yes. Uh, is it a murderer you're after, sir? Oh, uh, no, 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 no. A very crafty, delusive thief. One of my associates called him as, as a confidence man. Oh, uh, gains your confidence and then rips your pocket, is that it? Yes, sir. Ah, there's a letter with a seal and a kiss and sealing wax. Put your hand right on it, didn't you? Hmm. It is addressed to a man, written on a lady's hand. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Thomas Pigeon, care of Box 12. Box? Uh, uh, how long ago? Oh, on the uh, early morning train, I imagine. Uh, it arrives in Buxton when? About uh, noon tomorrow. <laughs> Good enough. Now, uh, you can have the letter back. Uh, send it on, and I hope it arrives safely. You're going to follow it? My partner and I shall be riding in the very same train. Not in the baggage car with the mail, but third class. Good day, Mr. Brackett. And do thank your postmaster for me. Right. Dickens! Oh. Well, you did it, Inspector. Did you get the information? That's <laughs> all we need, sir. Mrs. Thompson betrayed herself with a wax kiss. Good work of yours to observe. Uh, where is her letter going? Where uh, Thomas Pigeon, Box 12, Buxton. Pigeon? Uh, uh, not Townsend? Oh, he's our pigeon. Uh, of that I'm positive. Did, did you say Buxton? My very word. Oh, good heavens. That, 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 that's 150 miles away. 120. Now go home and pack yourself some overnight clothes. You and I are taking a little journey tomorrow morning. By train? Oh, dear. Yes, by train. You know, Inspector, train travel makes me violently ill. Inspector. Inspector Field. Yes, Dickens. How far have we come? There's about a hundred miles, I'd say. Perhaps more. How green do I look? Oh, you don't look ill at all. You seem to have overcome your antipathy to train travel. Yes, I, I only appear that way. My heart is in my mouth and my stomach wants to be next. How soon do we arrive in Buxton? Oh, we are practically there. You've withstood this trip very well. You did say you do a lot of traveling in your garden. Yes, it is far north of Edinburgh, it is far south of Land's End. And all of you travel? Oh, yes, indeed, have to, have to. There are only 15 in Scotland Yard. We are hoping by 1880 to have 20 men. I can see that detection could be a great art. But very wearing. Birds is very on shoe leather. Ah. You're a keen eye for a man's motives. You should make an excellent detective. But don't most criminals follow a set pattern of crime, a mode of operation identifiable as distinctly as their own? Yes, I like the way you put that. A mode of operation. But I mean, couldn't we catalogue each method used so that, say, if a trunk is pried open, a door jimmied, a, a horse stolen, we'd know right away how to narrow down the field of suspect. Yes, it would help. Now, each of the 15 of my men will rely more on their instinct than on facts. Uh, 
that our stuff begins. I don't know what kind of a future you have in writing, but if I were you, I think seriously about a career of pursuing crooks, not producing books. We took turns, Inspector Field and I, waiting at the Buxton Post Office for a letter from Mrs. Tally Ho Townsend to be picked up. We waited three days. The third morning, my turn on duty, I got the signal from the local postmaster that a young man had put his key into box 12 and was removing the letter. I was patting the young man's horse when he came out of the post office, the letter in his hand. <laughs> ah, good boy. <laughs> That's ah, a good horse. Hey, sir. Yes. That's my horse. What are you doing? Yours? No, 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 no. I'd know this mare anyway. It's Billy Jones. She certainly ain't. No, no. You're having me on. She's, she's, well, she's very, very like Mr. Jones's mare. She's no such thing. She belongs to Squire Harris at the Buxton Arms. He let me have her to pick up the post and do some edits. Will you please stand back, sir? I have to be on my way. All right. Sorry, I could have sworn it was Mr. Jones' mare. Kindly let go of the bridle so I can leave. Yes, yes, I'm terribly sorry, of course. And the next thing I knew, Inspector, he had leaped into the saddle and he was off with a letter. A Buxton Arms, that's where he was heading uh, after he'd done some errands. Ah, bad luck, old boy. Sorry I wasn't on duty. I wanted to catch a glimpse of him. Uh, The young man. How would you describe him? Well, he's obviously an ostler, a groom who takes care of the horses at the Buxton Arms Inn. What did he look like? Well, your usual country bumpkin. Freckles, red hair. Snub nose, one ear, smaller than the other. Then you did see him. A second finger of the left hand. Anything unusual about that? Hmm. Nothing I can remember. Oh, get along with you, Inspector. You were watching after all. Dickens! You have just let our man slip through your hands. That was Tally Ho Townsend, that young man? Yes, it's his baby face that's made him his fortune. People are taken in by that innocent look. Our next move is to get to the Buxton Arms before he disappears again. And as luck would have it, a farmer passed by with an empty milk cup. Field told him we were detectives about to apprehend a dangerous criminal, and the farmer whipped his horses so hard that we overtook Thompson on the high road and came into the stable yard of the Buxton Arms by one gate as he came in by another. Fields and I went straight into the bar. What would it be, gentlemen? A brandy and water, miss, and one for my friend. Inspector, hmm? there he is. He just came in with a letter. It is not him. Yes, 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 but you said it, it is not Thompson. But, but the snub nose, uh, the freckles. And the red hair. No, 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 it is not our man. But he just handed the barmaid the letter, and she stuck it up behind the glass. There you are, sir. Two brandies and a water. Sure. What are you here, sir? Oh... Either Thompson himself will come by and pick up his wife's letter, or the barmaid will forward it to another address. Well, the best we can do now is to try to get lodgings here and spend time listening here at the bar and watching. Now, between us, we ought to be able to catch whoever comes for that letter. George, I'm going out for about an hour. Will you watch the bar for me? Don't be longer, Rosie Megal. Inspector. She's taken the letter with her. She's going out the door. Yes, well, I'm going to speak to the tavern keeper and tell him who we are and why we're here. You follow Rosie. 
would follow her. It was getting dark. She ran up the road to a little house nearby, so I waited outside. And presently, she came out, but she no longer carried the letter. She started back for the tavern, and I wasn't sure what to do. Field had said to follow her. Dickie? Oh, oh, Spectre, I, I thought I was pretty well hidden behind this lamppost. And I saw the girl heading back for the inn. Uh, what did she do with the letter? Well, I, I presume she delivered it and left it inside that house across the road. Mm, that could mean our man is in there. Well, there's only one way to find out. Now, you keep to the trees. There's no point in giving him advance warning. It's quite dark now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, no one inside has, has, has lit a lamp. I mean, I mean, there's not a single light burning. Well, if Calvin is in there, why does he remain in the dark? Hmm? From this point, what? down on your hands and knees, uh, crawl. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Easy, begins. This is the door. Thompson! Thompson, we know you're in there. I'm an officer from London, come to take you into custody for a felony. Yep, someone's broken out of a window at the back, Inspector. I'm going after him. In the name of the law! Stop! Inspector. Inspector, he had a horse tied up there in the back. He jumped through the window and he made off. Oh, glad he's been warned, and there's only one person who could have done it. Rosie. At the Buxton Arms. Yes, if she's still there. It's a half a mile, Dickens. Let's run for it. I am a suspect. Oh. What am I suspected of? Your situation is worse than that, Miss Rosie. It is very possible. You are an accomplice. I, I, I don't know what you gentlemen mean. What's an accomplice? My dear child, it means a person who helps another in the performance of a crime. Oh, I never did any such thing. Inspector, I believe Rosie. I think she's telling the truth. Rosie... What do you know about that letter? What letter? The sooner you admit to your participation in this felony, the easier for you. I don't know what letter you're talking about. <laughs> you see, Dickens, you cannot deal with people who are unable to tell the truth. Congenital liar, sir. We will arrest this young woman on suspicion of complicity and grand larceny and theft. But I haven't done anything. Um, in, Inspector, may I have a few minutes alone with the suspect? Yes, if you want. I'll go and speak to George and tell him he had better get himself another barmaid. <laughs> and then find out when the next train leaves for London. I doubt whether you'll get anything with this gal. But... You can try. What today is called the Mutt and Jeff technique of interrogation first saw the light of day in Charles Dickens' time. How well it works against modern criminals we have only to read in the daily papers. How well it worked in the case of the barmaid and the thief. We shall discover when I return shortly with Act Three. back the clock more than a hundred years to the time when Scotland Yard was in its infancy, when the detective force responsible for all of England 
was a mere 15 men. And one of those was Charles Dickens. Yes, the Charles Dickens, the novelist. As our curtain rises, he and Inspector Field are questioning a barmaid. Uh, just a moment, Dickens. Before I leave you alone with the suspect, I want her to realize that I have run across too many young girls like her who believe they can twist the law to suit themselves and then come crying to some judge pleading innocence of the law. Inspector, why are you badgering this young lady? I'm sure Rosie has a perfectly valid explanation for her actions. Now, Rosie... The inspector and I are only doing our duty. I don't know anything about anything. Yes, well, we'll see about that. This is all yours to him. Now, Rosie, believe me, I'm your friend. If you don't tell me what you know, you can get into a great deal of trouble. The police know that you received a letter from London addressed to a Mr. Thomas Pigeon. You were followed to number 56 on the high street earlier today, a small house to which you had the key, and you were carrying that letter. Now, you left the house without it. Why don't you admit that much, since the police already know that? I did bring Tom a letter, and I never said I didn't. But what crime is that? So you did deliver that letter. Have you brought him other letters in the past? No. It just hasn't come up. He's been staying in my house, and I bring him food. Is he ill? Mm-hmm. He says so, but he doesn't always act so sick to me. <laughs> um, Rosie, do you know that he's hiding from the police? He is not. He just isn't feeling well. By now, you must have realized he is a wanted man. What's he done? He's a thief and a cheat who victimizes anyone he can get his hands on. I don't believe that. Not for a moment. Not my Tom. Well, you may not know it, but he knows it. After you left number 56 on the high street, Inspector Field and I entered the house to apprehend him. He jumped out a back window and he rode off on a horse. I don't believe you. Rosie, be sensible. A nice, honest girl like you. Why are you protecting a man with a criminal record? If he left the house, he had good reason. Yes, he knows Scotland Yard is after him. That's not true. Rosie, I'm sorry you're being so stubborn. I advise you, for your own good, be truthful. If you're not truthful, and you get up in court and lie, the punishment is jail and a flogging. You know what a flogging is? Yes. So be sensible and tell me everything. Why did you carry that letter to Thomas Pigeon? Because Thomas is my husband. What? We were married two weeks ago. I only did what he asked me to. But that's my duty as a wife. Isn't it? Inspector, just in time. Yes, well, was Miss Rosie my cooperative or not? Rosie, would you mind repeating for the inspector what you just told me? You mean about me and Tom being married? Well, you're married to Tally Ho Thompson? I never said that. I'm married to Thomas Pigeon. Rosie, Thomas Pigeon and Tally Ho Thompson are one and the same. Oh, I, I don't know anything about any Tally-O Thompson. 
How do you know Tom is in? Yes, well, she may have something there, Inspector. We haven't proved they're one and the same, those two. Well, when the time comes, there'll be proof enough. We know Mrs. Thompson sent a letter to her husband addressing it to Thomas Pigeon, Box 12, Buxton. It was picked up by a young man at the post office and given to Rosie at the bar, and Rosie took it to Pigeon. Are you saying... Whose husband? Tom has no other wife for me. I'm his wife. He, he never said anything to me about a wife. Rosie, Rosie, how long have you known Thomas Pigeon? Oh, on an awful long time. He always stops at the inn. He'd go away and come back. He's a traveling man. You said you married him two weeks ago. Oh, we did, and then he came to live in my house. It was left me by my grandmother. Rosie, you have ten minutes to pack a bag. Where am I going? To London, to Scotland Yard. You both taking me there? Only Mr. Dickens. I am remaining in Buxton. Well, can I go to my house and get my things? Uh, well, uh, Dickens, go along with her. I want her back here in ten minutes. Inspector, mm-hmm. Inspector, we're back. I had the young lady outside in the coach. Is her alone? Why didn't you bring her in here? Well, she was weeping a great deal. Well, just the same, leaving her alone. You know, that's risky. Ah, uh, she's given me her word. Well, the reason I'm staying on in Buxton is to keep an eye on that house. Now, if Tally Ho comes back, and he might, I'll be here to nab him. We'll have to wait a bit at the station. It's two hours before the night train to London. Yes, well, and as soon as I get there, I'm to take Rosie to, to the yacht. Oh, she's a slippery little parcel, that one. Don't be taken in by her. Inspector, hmm? I'd like you to come over here to the window and have a look out. Well, the heat. <laughs> I admit I am surprised. <laughs> you have some extraordinary powers of persuasion. That girl is sitting in that coach with her hands folded as demurely as if she were going to Sunday school and not to prison. A persuasion, Inspector, is a talent of mine that I've developed over the years. An ability to win people's confidence and trust from the wicked as well as the innocent. <laughs> you don't leave me much to say by way of praise. <laughs> I don't. Uh, no, 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 you say it all yourself. Well, you may go now, and the best of luck to you. Thank you, Inspector. I hope I shall need it. You're very quiet, Rosie. <laughs> I don't have nothing to say, sir. Well, you left us no alternative. I mean, if only you could have told the inspector and me everything you know about Tally Ho Thompson, you might be serving drinks this very minute at the arm. I told you nothing because I knew nothing. You know you're being taken to London, don't you? So you said. And, Rosie, you know I'm your friend, don't you? So you said. Yes. I mean, I was brought up poor, too, you know. I know what it means when everything seems to turn against you, but I also found out you can never get hurt when you tell the truth. Zero! Zero! Uh, Coachman! Coachman, watch yourself. We're being thrown about in here. Coachman, you up there on the box. Do you hear me? Coachman, I want an answer. Uh... Yes, sir. Is this the road to the railroad station? Uh, yes, sir, it is, yes. Well, it's not the same way we came. 
Well, uh, it's a shortcut, sir. We don't need a shortcut. We have hours to spare. Now, coachman, I want this carriage stopped right now. Do you hear me? Stop right here this very minute. Oh. 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 Now, coachman, I want you to come down off there. Uh, oh, what a bad night, sir. Uh, if you could reach up through the front window and, uh, and give me a hand. Yes, all right, certainly. Uh, there we are. Uh, hold on to me. Uh, hold, hold on to both my hands. Uh, I'm, I'm holding on. Uh, uh, I'm going, Rosie. Uh, now, do your job. Uh, Coach Ryder, uh, let go. Let go of my hands. Let, let go of... Uh, I've got him. I've got him. He stopped moving about. I'm holding the silk handkerchief right to his nose. It's awful. Looks like magic. Look at him. Flying there on the floor of the carriage. He isn't going to die, is he? No, no. He just puts you to sleep. What do we do now? Well, we wait here for my brother. Oh, when will he be here? Oh, not long now. He's like clockwork. When Tallyho gets here, we'll dump our sleeping friend into the road, and the three of us will drive to the station. Me up in the coach box, Tallyho pretending to be the man from Scotland Yard, and you, Rosie, will be Tallyho's prisoner. Do you think he'll fool the station master? Rosie, me wife. <laughs> you have me word on it. Tallyho has made a study of station masters. <laughs> and then what? Well, the train comes in, and we're off to London. A big city to hide in. Oh, oh that's old Tallyho now. Oh, shit. Oh, our Scotland Yard friend is asleep in the bottom of the coach. <laughs> I'll tie up my horse to this tree and give you an hand to carry the fellow to the side of the road where he won't be found in a hurry. How much time do we have? Uh, about another hour, I'd say. We can ride slowly into Buxton, have a chat with the station master, and board the London train. <laughs> well, Rosie... Oh, I bet you didn't think life would be as exciting as this when you married Brother Tom, did you, eh? <laughs> Has he been treating you all right? Yes, sir. Let's get this unconscious man out of the carriage. Come on, give me a hand. Oh, oh, be careful with him. He's the only one who ever treated me like a lady. Well, so far, so good. Here we are at the station. Tom... I'm getting awful nervous. See what happens, Tally How, when you marry a country girl? <laughs> she gets nervous. I, I keep thinking of that poor Mr. Dickens lying in the weeds by the side of the road. <laughs> Come on. Out of the couch, everyone. Oh. Brother Tom, before the London train pulls in, I think we'd better get acquainted with the station master. He must be in there. I see the sign over the door. Yes, well, I'll go first. Now, I'm the man from Scotland Yard, Rosie. You're the prisoner. You're next. And, Tom, you bring up the rear. Well, come in, all of you. Oh, my goodness. Are you the station master? No, I'm Inspector Field of Scotland Yard. And this is my associate, Charles Dickens, also of the Yard. Carry out, Thompson. You and your brother Tom, and you, little lady, are all three of you under arrest. 
admit to you, Diggins, that if you hadn't recovered from that chloroform and taken Thompson's horse and alerted me before the London train was due in Buxton, we might have missed the whole bunch. They may be so furious, Inspector, you have no idea. Yes, because little Rosie, who you thought was so demure, was in on the whole thing. Hmm? You know, it never occurred to me, Tally-ho had a brother, Tom, who looked so much like him. But who engineered the whole escape? Mrs. Thompson, from our little place in Chelsea. I'd like to go into the next compartment and talk to the prisoners, if you don't mind. It would be valuable for me to get an insight into how their minds work. <laughs> Why not? I'll unlock the door and we'll go talk to them. You don't know neither of you why I do it, don't we, Tally-ho? You think you're the first trap scallion who thinks he could live by his wits and cheat honest men? I've had a hard life. You chose a hard life. Uh, what do you know? Are you that writer who joined the yard? Look at those soft fingers. You talking to me? You see, even in the underworld they know you're digging. <laughs> sure I know him. Making money hand over fist. Never had a hard day in his life. Uh, you know, my good man, when I was ten, my father went to debtor's prison. My mother had eight children and tried to make ends meet by opening a school. We were always hungry. Those were evil days for me. You stole, I worked. Were you a ten? Yes. In a warehouse, labeling pots of blacking. For how long? Uh, until my father got out of debtor's prison at Marshalsea. So don't talk to me about hard times, tally-ho. I promised myself at ten years of age I would never do anything that would lead me to prison. Your father led you one way, mine led me another. I made a promise to myself too. Did you? And what did you swear, Tally-ho? I swore to myself I'd do anything to keep from being poor. Well, that's unfortunate. You made yourself the wrong promise. may seem incongruous that the self-same Charles Dickens who gave us Bob Cratchit, Oliver Twist, Mr. Pickwick, and Nicholas Nickleby should at one time in his life have been a working member of Scotland Yard. Yet, when we take a closer look at some of those who inhabit his pages from Fagin to Scrooge, we realize it's not so impossible to believe after all. For it is from life that Dickens drew all his characters, good and evil. those who believe nothing goes right today, that crime pays, and that the wicked win. But we can take comfort from the way it was even some 200 years ago. As Dickens describes it, it could be today. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. What can I say to that except that uh, we're still moving along? So, I guess we can all take heart. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Earl Hammond, Bob Caliban, and Cootie Wiggins. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time...
pleasant dreams.